Hey guys, welcome to Bagman Boardcast, episode number 442. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bring you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books coming out May 12th, 2021. Next, we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, we're going to be taking a look back at some of the comic books that we read in April 2021. So look forward to hearing about those, because I'm not going to tease them out now. You're going to hear what they are when we record. We are recording. We're going to re- yeah, we're recording now. We were going to record yesterday, but yesterday was my birthday. And then Chris got called into work, so that stunk for him. But I spent the whole day drinking. And then today, since it was the day after my birthday, I spent my whole day going to uh, breweries and drinking. And uh, we're doing a podcast, so I'm not going to let it stop me. I'm going to keep on drinking. What are you drinking, Paul? Well, I'm, I'm drinking uh, from other half, a brewery that I went to yesterday outside of Rochester, New York. Uh, and this is a Hell's Lager. And this is their what's called the Boxcar. It's only 4.5%. So, yeah, I'm trying to take it a little easy. And it's a nice little crisp beer. It's it's a nice little nice little lager. It's nothing to write home about. There's nothing that the stands out for. I, like we're selling that at my store. It's fourteen ninety nine for a fourteen ninety nine four pack tall boy lager. I think it's a little overpriced for what you get. Yeah. It's not a bad beer, but there are hundreds of other lagers that are cheaper that are are worth it i see hells on stuff and i'm not sure what that means so i I always think it's more like german or toasted that's what i think i know about it but that might be wrong so hell's lager is kind of a i think hell's means like bright so it's going to be a a a lighter brighter lager um the germans created it to compete with the czech pilsner because the people were really enjoying Pilsners, and before the Germans started brewing Pilsners, uh, they made the Hell's Lager to compete Ooh. with it. I like Chris. Apollinar's got a really good one. My favorite Hell's Lager is the Benedictor, which is a German Hell's Lager. I, I really enjoy the style. I was really excited for this beer. And even with it being like hopped with you know they're using some german hops i thought it would have a little more character to it it's definitely got like a really nice crisp mid palate Mm -hmm. pop to it um and not to say that it's bad but it is just kind of a beer yeah it's it's not it's a beer that i would hand to somebody that's like oh i hate craft beer i'm like oh try this yeah and then you're like it's expensive for what it is but and they would be like, mm, tastes like a beer. Yeah, it was like the like, lioness yeah. that I had the last episode. It just was a, it just was a beer, and I was expecting a oak fermented pilsner, you know. And it just was like, eh, it's just a beer. Yeah, and since it's not heavily hopped, I can keep that in the back of my fridge for a while, wait until disc golf season. It's right around the corner. Bring that in my bag, and I'd be happy with it out on the course. So yeah, absolutely. Chris, you two guys are drinking the same beer, aren't you? Oh, thanks for stealing our thunder. Definitely, definitely a beer as well. Um, John, you're the one that kind of brought this to the to the table, so why don't you why don't you go for it? Uh, So, Sweet Water Sweet Water uh, Brewing Company just 
um, started distributing to Buffalo, New York. And I know it was something that Chris could get. And I said, hey, guys, I'm going to grab uh, some Sweetwater beers, their variety pack, and their 420 uh, extra pale ale, because that's kind of their big namesake. And um, Chris was like, hey, I get those beers. I'll drink those with you. So yeah. our first beer is High Light, their low-cal easy IPA. Mm. 4%, 100 calories, 5 carbs. And... Um, for a session beer, is not the best session I've ever had, but I don't think it's bad. I think no, it's, it's better. It's not bad. It's it's definitely a very light, crisp, drinkable session IPA, but does it win up against something like the Founders All Day? No, obviously not. Um, I don't mind having a couple more of these in my fridge, but, you know, it's something to start off the show. Just nice and light since we've got like four more beers to get through. I don't, I don't mind it. No, but I, I mean, it's an easy drinker. It does have some character to it. Um, it's not blowing you away with hop flavor, but it's not not having hop flavor. And yeah, I think it's, it's it's like a hop water. Yeah, it's better than most low calorie IPAs that are out there. See, I've never tried any low-cal IPAs, so that doesn't bode well for the rest of them, because this is, it's very, very light. Mm -hmm. It's basically like you had an IPA, and then you decided to rinse your glass out, and then after you rinse your glass, you're like, oh, well, I I had a quarter. I better drink something, and you just drink the water out of the glass that you just rinsed it with. Or you're like, I had a quarter of the can left, and you poured it into your water and drank it. It, it yeah. is, like, um, Dogfish has a locale that I don't think is very good. I haven't had the Firestone one, but the Daytime from Lagunitas is actually pretty good. That one's good. For, okay. I've had that one, so. For low-calorie, it's not, it's not bad. It's, but it's not, it's nothing great. I don't know why I keep wanting to defend it. I don't know. Yeah, you, you don't you don't have to. You don't owe this beer anything. You already paid them for it. <laughs> it's fine. And something that we're paying for is our own hubris. Uh, and we're not able to go to the movies. But, guys, don't worry. Marvel Studios looks forward to the day that we can finally go back to the movies. So much so that they put out kind of a sizzle reel of everything that they have coming out for the next two years. Uh, with some of your favorite moments from the past like eleven years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, narrated by Stanley, and when I saw this pop up, I was like, "Oh, it's basically just kind of like a retrospective." And trust me, guys, I know retrospectives. <laughs> uh, yes. But then, boom! Towards like the last half of it, we actually finally started to get some new footage from the next MCU movie coming out, Black Widow. Uh, and then that train just kind of kept on rolling. Um, and permission to list off a bunch of movie titles and dates, and then we can just kind of jump in. Yeah, of course, and, because um, you're my brother, as right. Stanley would tell me. Well, here we go. Uh, first out the door, Black Widow, pushed back again and again and again. Uh, officially getting it July 9th, 2021. All right. So, boom, there we go. Uh, again, some <clears> new footage sewn in this little sizzle reel. Uh, you don't need to keep teasing me. I've been looking forward to this movie for the past 
year and a half now since we were supposed to have it originally, so cool. Yeah, but are you excited to see it in the theaters? I am. Um, this one will be day and date. We've talked about that previously. Releasing on Disney+. Plus. Same time as in the movie theaters. Available for streaming down the road at some point. I don't think they've announced a day for that. But another movie we already know we're getting. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings coming up September 3rd, 2021. Um, and this is where I did a little bit of extra work. Not that much work, but I actually looked at how long we're going to have between all these releases. So two months after Black Widow, we will be getting Shang-Chi. We talked about it last week on the episode. We just got the first posters for it, the first trailer. And I think it's kind of cool that they put in a little bit of extra footage that we hadn't seen before into the sizzle reel. Yeah. I don't know if anyone has anything else to add. Does Shang-Chi give you ten reasons to see you at the movies? With your, with your brothers and your sisters. With your brothers. The movies, I'm with your sister. Um, but then, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was trying to do. Uh, coming out two months after that, we're getting Eternals, which we, again, already knew this. We should have had this movie by now. But what's exciting about this is we actually got our first batch of footage for this movie coming out November 5th, 2021. Uh, it looks good. Kind of pseudo Thor ish in a way. I'm just afraid that I'm hoping for more Thor and less Inhumans because that's that's what I'm afraid of. I I, I think Marvel's hoping <laughs> for less Inhumans too. Actually, <laughs> I care. I care so little for this property, only because we tried reading that issue one. A couple mm-hmm. months ago, I've tried reading the stuff before, and they're just characters I don't care about. Yeah. Now I trust, I, I trust in Marvel movies to make me like them. But like when I've seen them, like like when they're in the group, or I've seen a couple of them standing there, and I'm just like, Nah, I can I know who those characters are, and I don't really, I don't really care. I still am going to see the movie because I didn't really care too much for Guardians, like the Guardians of the Galaxy in the comic books, and they're up there in my top five favorite Marvel movies right now. Like, yeah, I'll see where it goes, but I think the things like out of that movie that I'm looking forward to the most is seeing like the Black Knight, and that's only because I've always liked the Black Knight since I was a little kid. I'm just with that comic book we read, and that was really my first brush with the uh, Eternals. And they're, they've got super; they all have their own unique superpower, and they can and they get resurrected every once in a while. And I'm like, wait, isn't that what the X Men do right now? Like, how many different X Men are there going to be in the Marvel universe? And when are we just going to get the X Men in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh, well. Let me let me let me check down the list. Oh, uh, check no, down the list. No, not, not, no, yet. not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not in phase four. Um, and when's Blade? <laughs> uh, not, not, not yet. Oh, not, not yet. yet. Okay. Uh, when they did announce that that was going to like and coming down the line, Blade. Um, but we won't have to wait too much longer after Eternals for the next thing, which will be Spider-Man: No Way Home, uh, December seventeenth, twenty twenty-one, which will be routing out 
2021. And this is where we get no footage for anything else coming out. Uh, this is where we're strictly just into dates and titles at this point. Uh, but in 2022, so this is three months after Spider-Man, we're getting Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Uh, that'll be March 25th. And then two months after that, uh, Thor Love and Thunder for May 6th. That's going to be our big summer movie. Uh, shortly after that, July 8th, again, two months, mm-hmm. uh, Black Panther 2, which we now have a title for, Wakanda Forever. Any, any thoughts? It's, it's going to be a difficult and a very narrow uh, road that they're going to have to navigate on that one. Uh, you know, with Chadwick Boseman, everybody that's been involved with the project is like, no, the script, everything we're doing is, uh, you know, touches upon that Chadwick Boseman, you know, has passed, uh, T'Challa has passed, and they're not recasting him as, you know, uh, they're not recasting T'Challa. So this movie is going to be, I think there's going to be a huge cloud over this whole movie because of that. Um, so, uh, Wakanda Forever. Okay, let's make it about how Wakanda survives after losing two kings within, like, what, ten years? Or, you know, the blip happened, so within, like, six, seven years? Like, Yeah, I, I think... And then there is no This will be succession. about lineage. Like, I think that's where yeah. this one's going to go. Like, what do you do next? But, I mean, we do have... Succession, because technically, like, Shuri has claim to the throne, too. Right, but there's no uh, heart... heart seeded plant? Heart-shaped plant, or whatever. Like that, the glowing purple herb? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely interesting to see where this goes. Uh, And then, after that, is when we have the longest gap, planned gap because who knows how things are going to work out here but for four months after that we'll be getting captain marvel 2 which we learned will be called the marvels and this will be coming out november 11th 2022 rounding and out it's 2022. not and it's not marvels with a z that's just a stylized s it's, for miss marvel right yes, it's the miss marvel okay. kind of lightning bolt s that we're seeing okay i thought it was with a z for a second no but they weren't it's not going the same way as a z I'm just making a joke. Oh. <laughs> I, it just didn't make sense. Eh, well, I'm trying here. <laughs> and, it, and guess what? It's a it's not a visual podcast, so I'm good. Also worth noting, too, though, um, in that logo, we do get another icon that does look very much like it would belong to Monica Rambeau. It's kind of like that blackish, whitish, kind of like glowy star that is in the middle of it. Um, so I think Binary. Surprising nobody um, that binary photon, whatever you want to call her, um, appearing in this one, too. Uh, And then, starting off 2023, uh, February 17th, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. We had that title. That one we did have. Um, Yeah. Same thing. uh, Two months after that, May 5th, 2023, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Again, another one that we knew was coming. Uh, but that's the end of the official dates. The sizzle reel ended off with a brief teaser for Fantastic Four, which was basically what they showed off before when they revealed everything else that was coming out. Like the aforementioned Blade, which also mm-hmm. doesn't fall onto this list at all. So who knows where that's going to be falling, if they're going to be working in other things, because 
noticeably absent from all of this stuff is any of those big crossover movies. We know that the Guardians will be appearing in Thor Love and Thunder, but outside of that, it doesn't seem like we're going to be having any big team movies, which is kind yeah. of where Marvel's earned its, like, earns its stripes. I'm also surprised that uh, Quantumania is so late because everybody's been kind of uh, teasing like, oh, the next big bag for the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to be Kang, and Kang is you know supposedly going to be in Quantumania. So it's like, oh, so we're getting all these movies that aren't building up to, you know, but, how every phase had the big Avenger movie. But we also don't know how they're going to be sowing those seeds to Kang in, because who knows, there might be something yeah. in uh, Multiverse of Madness leading to Kang, or the Eternals with Kang, you know, traveling through time streams. They could work him in, but we're still like three years out or two, three yeah, years yeah. out from everything else that's going to be happening. So <clears throat> they, they've got times to put other things in there. Cause who knows what else might be surprise announcements or other TV stuff that we're not getting, because this was very much just about the movies. And yeah. I think that's kind of where, the next news story that we have falls into place because they did announce just today uh, Loki will be premiering June 9th, which is a Wednesday. And quote Tom Hiddleston, Wednesdays are the new Fridays. Yeah, and this is a month earlier than we when it was originally uh, set to release, right? I think it was yeah. always planned for June. We, we talked about it, it previously, but I think it yeah. got moved up two weeks. Okay, if I okay, I think that's when it got moved up, and um, I think it's maybe to give a little bit of distance between the Ju- July release of Black Widow and then his show, and I think that's also the reason why they would not have it on a Friday when movies are released, so they're not again competing. Marvel properties because mm-hmm. people if it's going to be anything like the other two Marvel shows and even Mandalorian people want to watch those shows and not have anything spoiled for them and if you choose to go see Black Widow the movie or you go see or you stay home to watch Loki one of those Marvel properties are going to get spoiled for you yeah and Disney's come under a lot of fire recently, and this has happened with Universal and Warner Brothers too, where theater chains are upset at them for putting their movies out on home streaming services before they're actually coming out in theaters or undercutting that theater. So there was, uh, when Raya and The Last Dragon came out, there were actually three theater chains that refused to screen it, just as kind of like a, well, no, fuck you, Disney, like, you're going to be putting this out at home. We're just not going to put it out in theaters. So you're not going to get that revenue, you know, let people watch it for free once it loads out. So I think this might be Disney's way of kind of smoothing it over. Like, no, like we're excited for people to go to the movies too. And I, I think that's probably part of this. Oh, it was moved up just two days from Friday to, it was June 11th. I was thinking it was July 11th and I don't know why. It's okay. Um, I got up to get my beer when we were talking about this previously, but we also got another teaser today, and this is for Stranger Things Season 4 over on Netflix. Did you guys have a chance to check that out? 
I yeah. watched I watched it while I got up and walked for my beer. Uh, definitely just confirms that, yes, Stranger Things Season 4 is coming out. Really doesn't give us anything else. It seems like it's a flashback to when Eleven was in the facility where she was, you know, created slash born. Uh, that's it. No, no questions asked or answered with this one. So, yeah, it's good to know that Stranger Things is still coming out. That's, that's all this was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm surprised that they haven't finished it. Because I know, like, before COVID, they had released a teaser. So you, I expected, and I, I totally forgot about it until, like, this popped up. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's still a show. Weren't they planning to do, like, three more seasons after this one? Oh. Three more? I don't think. I, don't I think, think they have like. I think that was. I, thought, I don't think there's any more. I thought it wrapped up so well with season three until they gave us that like stinger ending about you know the American being in a cell, a Russian cell, and I'm like in a prison cell. Um, and I was like, ah, they had a they had a good out, you know. Everybody, people are moving away from uh, Sandy Brit or. Uh, I forgot. Sandy, Sandy what? Sandy Hawk. Uh, no, Hawkins. 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 Uh, I don't know why I thought you were going to say like Sandy Bridges. And I was like, hmm, that sounds uh, like a, no, a great retirement uh, home. <laughs> you know, from Hawkins. And, uh, but, you know, they're coming back with fourth. There was nothing in this teaser that made me super excited to go back. I just, tomorrow ends my uh, Netflix account for a little while. I suspended my account. Uh, I'm not you know, rushing to go back uh, when Stranger Things season four hits, it'll probably be the time that I come back. Or honestly, it's the fall winter again when you're kind of get started to get snowed in. But the summertime, I want to be outside. I don't want to be uh, paying for a TV service that I'm not watching as much. Well, you know what else is great for summertime? Beer, drinking a drinking. beer, and I'm you know kind of taking it slower tonight. Because, you know, like I said earlier, birthday drinking. Uh, but this morning at noon, I had a beer uh, at Hamburg Brewery, uh, all of like 15 minutes away from the house, just out on their patio, even though it was only like 55 degrees. But the sun was out, and when the sun was hitting you, it was warm. And as soon as there was any cloud, it was bitterly cold. But it's Buffalo, and we love the sun. So we sat out on the patio. Nice relaxing, uh, relaxing space out there. My wife just kept on commenting how she felt like she was on vacation. And I had their raspberry lemon kolsch. And it's an okay kolsch, but there was no real raspberry or lemon flavor to it. There was no pop of tartness up front that I was really hoping for, really expecting. Uh, Kate went with the Berry Berry Sneaky, and I think that's the best thing that they produce at Hamburg Brewery. It's, and it's Kate's favorite sour right now. So, and it's good. It's, that is a good one. Um, yeah, if you, you see the, I don't know if they have the res, raspberry lemon Kolsch out in cans. Maybe it's, it's a six packs, nine ninety nine. You know, no, there's better Kolsch's out there. There's the, get the Genesee. This is the Genesee. Yeah. For, for $10, $10, a 12 pack. Yeah. And with a $5 rebate. And wow. it has that. 
it has that grapefruit flavor that you're looking for when it's labeled Ruby Red Kolsch. And you're like, yeah, it delivers. The raspberry lemon uh, doesn't quite deliver. It's a cute pink shade of pink, though. So there's that. Hey. It's cute. I like yeah, I like the color. If I saw the color correctly, I thought it was cute. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a horrible. <laughs> what if somebody's going to write in that color? That color is gross. Well, if, <laughs> what is this guy talking about? If they about? want to write in, email us over at bangboardcast at gmail dot com. We would love love your emails. And speaking uh, about love, John, do you love our next beer from Sweetwater? It's okay. And that was no. Um, so this is actually a new beer from Sweetwater. <laughs> I thought he froze for a second. <laughs> this, uh, this is their hazy IPA, and this is a double dry hops, is six point two percent ABV, and they call it hazy, juicy, and fresh with Citra, Mosaic, El Dorado, and Azaka hops. Um, Blast of mango, stone fruit, lime, and pine. So I don't get mango, and it's more on the nose than the actual palate for it but when you breathe in i get like kind of like a nice apricot like it's not like super yeah. like tropical it's- juicy like which is kind of what i was expecting uh, just based off that description for it. it's not bad though i think this is a solid three out of five for me like um spoilers i picked up the same variety pack that john picked up and then for our final beer for the night he picked up a pack of that and i saw it was in another variety pack from sweetwater with a couple other beers. So I was like, well, I'll just get this variety pack. It'll be a fridge filler. And they have this hazy IPA in both of those packs. So I have like, I think s- seven cans of this left. And I'm, I'm not mad at that. It's, it's not a bad beer. It's, it's actually a pretty decent drinking beer for like a fridge filler, 12 pack, um, beer. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying this to make Paul, feel bad about his 55 degree day out on the patio over at Hamburg Brewing. Um, when I walked outside this morning, it was already like 89 degrees out. Um, so I'm back to summer in Orlando where I'm looking for a great, just nice, crisp, drinkable beer that I can have out on the patio when I'm forcing myself to sit out on the patio to read you know, comics for the look back or trade policy or word books with friends. Like, because I feel like I need to be outside because it's Orlando. I want to be outside, but there's days as soon as I sit down at my table, I'm like, I'm sweating already. This was a terrible decision. I'm just going to sit here and read until I finish this beer. And I think this would be a great beer to have for that. Um, couple, yeah, Not, maybe next <clears throat> week, but maybe the week after that, I picked up Funky Buddha Brewing's uh, Tropical Seltzer Pack. So that was something I just picked up to have as, like, drinkers. So I might just do a seltzer night, because um, there's, like, four styles in there, I think. So I'm looking forward to checking those out, because I'm not a big seltzer guy, but, you know, I did like the Masagave ones. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll bring uh, I'll bring home that night and um, New Belgian put out a seltzer pack, which is really good. Um, yeah, there's there's nothing bad about this beer. I would definitely say like the Saranac Paul that we had a couple shows ago 
is definitely a better beer, but it's not the same. Like they were, it's not the same kind of hazy beer. And I think some some of it is maybe the yeast. I it's surprising how that yeast completely changes a beer. So if they're just using their normal house yeast to make a hazy well, beer, and also the fact that this is double dry hop kind of gives it that like that harshness that's taking away from what I would expect out of like a New England style IPA because this is a little bit it's not super bitter but it's covering up that nice like stone fruit mango lime top that I I was really looking for um yeah the dry hopping is actually that's done at the end and that's where you would get that juiciness it's the hopping early on that gives um the bittering so if they're still hopping then and then hopping at the end too they're going to add bitter with that juiciness so it's definitely it's it's a night it is a nice drinking beer i'm not so far i've had two out of the four beers in that pack and i'm not unhappy with it how much did you pay for your 12 pack out of curiosity because i'm just wondering what the price is up there versus down here it's seventeen ninety nine to twenty ninety nine. I can't remember which. Okay. I know it's a little higher than I would have liked for what I was getting in it. But like the four twenty Palal is nine ninety nine, and the hazy on its own as a six pack is ten ninety nine. I think okay. it, it's a little bit more expensive than here because I think each one of my variety packs was about like sixteen ninety nine. Um. But I bought a bunch of other stuff because I also got that seltzer pack. Yanni got some singles just to bring home. And then I also picked up... Did she get some more Minky? She didn't because she still has the Minky from the last time we went beer shopping in there. Like oh. She's been saving that one. <laughs> um, but then I also just got some like well spirits just to make mixed drinks with and like coffees. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, Caitlin, I brought home a... Uh, a four pack of Minky and every the one day she just came into the the living room and she had it and I was like, What you got there? I got my Minky. Don't judge me. And I'm like I don't care if you're drinking beer. Like go for That's it. Delicious. Who who would judge? Like yeah. yeah. When we went to the beer store last week and she grabbed the single can of that. She, like she had a similar thing. It was like, you know, don't judge me. It's like, no, like why would I judge you for getting that beer it's delicious i'm glad you're enjoying it like there will mm-hmm. be a day we go to buffalo and you'll be able to have it at thin man like that'll be great yeah yeah that would be a good choice to get while you're at thin man because i was there today and it's expensive so you tell me i should get a flight <laughs> of it right <laughs> no don't get no. a flight of it. get a full pour just get get full pours uh, so yeah, that brings us into the list. The comic books we're looking forward coming out on May twelfth, twenty twenty one. Yeah, and uh, I'm actually getting a book um, that came out in April. I'm not getting a book that came out this week. I'm actually getting Swamp Thing number two. Uh, look for our uh, review of Swamp Thing number one. Seems because uh, I think you didn't like Swamp Thing number one then because if you're picking up number two it must be because you're like trying to see if you like it still. 
Is that how Paul buys comics? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. My wife just brought me Mexican food. <laughs> like, thank you. Do you want the, the dog- monitor for the baby? Now the dog's trying to eat it. That's a bad trade, Caitlin. Don't take that trade. <laughs> take He's that. asleep. There you go. That's all you. He's yours now. It's a bad trade. We're recording bad an trade. episode too, by I the know. way. We haven't paused. You're here. Uh, you can choose to pause if you want to, or Paul can cut it out. You know? So, Chris, what's the book you're looking forward uh, to coming I'm out? also looking forward to a number two, and it's also tying into a number one that we're going to be talking about today on this here very podcast with Holy Magic the Gathering shit. number two. Um, yeah, you'll hear more about number one in, in a little bit, so... Cool. Paul, are you looking forward to a number two for something that we talk about the number one like in 15 minutes? No, I'm looking forward to uh, a new book, and this is being written by Teeny Howard, uh, an art by Alberto Foche, and this is X-Corp, number one. This is uh, looking at a new corporation that is taking place on the weird island at Caracoa, right? Yep. Caracoa, and uh, it's being head by... Uh, Mountain uh, Monet St. Uh, Crew and Warren Worthington. That's right. Uh, I don't know what her Monet uh, St. Monet's was. just M. Oh, M. Yeah. Is her, uh, from yeah. Generation and, uh, X. And, and Angel. So uh, it's a weird boardroom drama <sighs> so, happening in the mutant universe. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just there for the train wreck. My of it question all. for it's, you is are you going to be bringing this to look back for me? No, because he won't buy it until we tell him that, didn't you pick a book, and then he'll buy it. So And then I'll be like, no, I wasn't good. <laughs> so, yeah, but you, can, you let us know, Paul, because okay, I picked you. up the first trade paperback of Marauders, and that's the one where it's like Kitty Pride leading the band of X-Men pirates uh, through the seas. And then there's glimpses of backroom dealings between Emma Frost and the Hellfire Club and that. And I'm like, this isn't the book that I signed on for. Like, this book was sold to me as Storm and Bishop and Shadowcat, Iceman, like helping smuggle mutants into Krakoa because their home governments have shut down the portals, like so they can't get through it. Like, this this was kind of a more fun book. And now I have them talking about who's going to be the Red Bishop because now like the Hellfire Club it has. Peace names outside of like king and queen. Okay, okay. So I in different colors. You just need then, to be right? prepared. Chess well, is black and well, white. Now they have red though. So oh. I, who knows? But yeah, just prepare me so I can um, get into that mind frame. And also, uh, it takes three times for somebody to say number two before I think uh, start thinking about Scrubs number two. Hey, number two. Hey, number two. That's, that's a heartbreaking episode. I haven't watched Scrubs in forever. I do enjoy the Fake Doctors Real Friends podcast, though, that they started doing as their Scrubs rewatch. Um, listen to that. Don't give them something else to listen to. They will, uh, they'll Zach stop Brass listening to us. Faison are like such best friends. Like It's a joy to listen to them. I hope someday we can I have th- that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing people like about our show is our friendship banter. My favorite episode still is the Brendan Fraser one. Here's, here's, I do have to say this. Oh. People won't hear it, 
but we spent five minutes on a little kid making fun of Paul <laughs> off show. Even though the little kid didn't make fun of me. Yeah. It's just the only interaction these two oh, knuckleheads can actually imagine. If you want like, they're like, you oh, you talk to somebody. capture that oh. audio since we do all have it recorded <laughs> and put it in at the end of the show, I wouldn't be mad. Okay. I won't listen to it because I can't listen to my own voice, but I'd, I'd be happy if that was shared with us. It's fun. And you can you can also put in the fact that I just housed a giant burrito while we were talking. <laughs> No, often most of the bits uh, that we do on the show are about my interactions with other people and how they do not go well. So it's... it's uh, so we, we yeah. always do this, and I feel like now it's part of the show. So uh, speaking about not going well, sure. do, we, do we do the dramatic reading or do we do the beer next? <laughs> oh, let's just do the dramatic reading. And now the Bagging Podcast proudly presents a dramatic reading from X-Men Legends number three. Page nine, panel two. Warren, move. I see them. Bobby and Hank are safe, but no. And that was a dramatic reading from X Men Legends, number three, page nine. Is that panel the same artist two. that did number one when we read that? No. Okay, because it no. does not look. It seems like they're getting different artists and uh, writing teams to do each gotcha, one, okay. which is kind of upsetting. Well, I was going to say, did they have garbage draw that issue? I like garbage with, uh, what's her name? Uh, some, Shirley Manson. Let's see. Yeah, that, Singer. I, I have nothing bad to say about that early 90s pseudo-grunge pop. Yeah. I don't know what to call them, because they were rock, but yeah. They have a song on the Gran Turismo soundtrack that I really dug. Don't know the name of it. But, well, thanks for sending us down this unintended rabbit hole, John. Wow. Hey. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Hey. And, uh, guys, I'm back to drinking. I, I opened up another beer. I thought I wasn't. I thought he I was done. The beer pulled me back in. And I'm having from the uh, other half out of Rochester, which I've mentioned before. Uh, they're double dry hopped. Loose Diamonds Indian Pale Ale. Double dry hopped. It is only 5.7% alcohol by volume. Solid on the menu. Said, oh, well, that's a low ABV for that DDH. So, have to try it. And it tastes like a low alcohol variety of a DDH. Because it doesn't smack you with big flavor. It's, I wouldn't know it's double dry hopped. It's not bright. It does, it's not big juicy. It's, uh, it tastes like just a standard Indian Pale Ale. That you would think, oh, this is a 5% Indian Pale Ale. Paula, are you excited about Other Half opening up their quote-unquote brewery store uh, here in Buffalo for June through September? It's a pop-up? I believe it's going to be a pop-up. I believe it's only going to to September. And then it's going to be like, if it did really well, they may stay on. Or they might just so, let it roll. Is there any kind of word where it's going to be? Is it in like a shared space? Are they like moving in with somebody else, or is it like strictly like it's temporary? It, like they're setting up on a street corner somewhere. It's in the. I, what is it? The Key Bank Center, Paul. What was the building it was in? Do you remember? I, or I'm bringing the story to you, so you, yeah, you're bringing the story to me. You wouldn't. Uh, this is news. You wouldn't know to me. So give me In two. Fact, 
two seconds to no, find. Sorry, yes. sorry. It was just we didn't even of, talk about this in Week in Geek. Before I was just kind of so curious because I'm surprised they don't already have some sort of pseudo storefront. So the original brewery is in Queens, New York. It's in New York City, and they bought a brewery in Rochester, a defunct brewery, to then have a secondary place. They then also opened a brewery. Um, they opened the, the Rochester brewery like two years ago. They just created a brewery in Washington, and it's a bigger brewery, and everything basically that is brewed for distribution is from D.C., and then they started doing these little pop-ups at different bars and restaurants for these beer sales. And then they announced that they're going to do this. Um... Would it be going into the old world of beer place in the Walden Galleria Mall? No. Ah. So that's the figure they might have some equipment there. And it's, you know, shuttered. There's no the world of beer is gone. So I'm like, oh, a pop-up. That makes sense. You know, you, it's. Yeah, you, you, the you jump in there, be there. You do, like small batch stuff because yeah, I'm assuming they still have like at least like a couple barrel tanks there that they do something. Mm-hmm. And so they, it's going to enough taps. <clears throat> it's going to be in the Seneca One uh, Plaza. Okay, which is downtown. It's over by it's over it's the old HSBC building, which is now it's that big. It's now the M and T Bank's building, right? Well, M and T Bank has their some signage up there, and they have some yeah they have some floor space. They're trying to convert it to a mixed use. I think condos are supposed to go in there as well. Yeah. Anyways, that's Buffalo real estate news for you guys. Um, no, I'm not that excited about that coming to Buffalo. It's like kind of a treat to go to other half because it's out in Rochester. And the one time we were there, we saw a plane land in the field next to us. The guy get out of the plane, walk in get two four-packs, walk back to his plane, take off, and our friend's father, who was with us, said, yeah, that guy lives across the street from the brewery. (laughs) (laughs) Hell of a road to try to cross. He's just like, yeah, fly here. He also just got back from Africa. He shot something over there, was the other part of that story. (laughs) Uh, What what they did tell you, it was a a porno. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) That's what... (laughs) I don't think his dad would have been that excited. That's why they got Keiju and was like, oh, he shot something over there. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't for the reasons you think. Uh, Oh, you know, going to breweries is still fun, uh, even without a big group of people. It's just, you know, it was just my wife and I that did this. But I'm not going to order as much, you know, just with it being my wife and I. And we're not going to stay in a single brewery as long as it is as we would with a bit, you know, with a larger group of people. Like I'm only in for maybe an hour at each place, you know, versus like when it's a big group, maybe it's an hour, hour and a half to two hours that we're spending at each, each place. Um, so I I do like the brewery experience of going somewhere, like getting a flight, trying some stuff, getting like food or like an appetizer, or, like mm-hmm. grabbing some stuff to go and like. You know, a growler or a crawler, just like a couple packs. Um, a couple weeks ago, we went to Sideward Brewing because they just had their second anniversary. And then they're still doing some, like, events here and there. On um, April 20th, they had, like, their 420 party where they had three versions of their Mountain Dew Berliner Weiss. They had just, like, the regular one, Nar. 
they had their code nar, which is the code red, like code cherry red. version. But then they also did their Baja nar, so it was like a, a lime version. So I was like, oh, you know, great reason to go try those. They had a couple new IPAs that they put out, so try those. And we just got sandwiches and like pretzels and hung out. And it's a good experience versus when I normally go to a brewery to get beer for the show where I'll stop in. I might get something while I'm waiting for them to like fill my growl or, or grab like the four packs from the back because right now nowhere has like a cooler that I can just go up to and like grab a four pack. I have to say like, oh, hey, get me, uh, you know, four pack of the IPA, the Salt Lake. And then eventually they'll bring them over to me. I think that's how they get you to drink when you're at the bar now. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Smart. Uh, but yeah, I, I miss that. Just like going, like killing an hour somewhere, hanging out. Uh, I do as well. Cause I think the only place that we've gone to is the thin man on Chandler. Mm-hmm. And we kind of treat that more of like just, going out for dinner because we Caitlin always gets a minky boodle uh, sometimes she'll get something else but she just sticks with that I usually get one or two beers I try whatever Pilsner or lager they have and then I get an IPA and we have like their pizza and then we'll leave and it's usually for either my or my mother's birthday that we go there and that's like the only breweries mm-hmm. we go to we did get out to like big ditch for lunch the one day but again like those brew pub like there's something different between that brew pub that's more of a restaurant Mm -hmm. than the brewery experience but i do miss i do miss that i miss us get the the three of us getting together with our significant others and then brewery hopping Mm -hmm. i know like before covid we were talking about doing like another beercation to michigan and just cruising through and doing that obviously that won't happen for another couple years but it would be great to just brewery hop with you guys again oh that would yeah and i was kind of missing that and also i realized that i am no good alone like uh, like so we were at the board game shop i you know got rid of a bunch of board games they took it in for store credit and they actually had to disc golf you know this catcher and johnny you mentioned this before like paul would you want one and i'm like i don't know if i would you know it would just kind of take space and i was really thinking about it because i had enough store credit to get one and i'm like well this is you know kind of found money maybe i should and then kate's like but paul would you use it and then i really thought about it and i'm like no because if i set it up in the yard i'm going to feel really self-conscious just sitting there throwing discs into it and you don't have those pine trees to hide behind Exactly. I do, but I really don't because, you know, I live in a corner plot. And then I thought about, oh, when I've gone out like to disc golf places, you know, to the park alone and like thrown around disc, I feel very self-conscious. When I went to the brewery alone uh, to pick up the Red Army stout from 42 North and I sat there at the brewery and drank one alone, I felt very self-conscious. I am no good being alone with myself. I'm just in my head, feeling self-conscious the whole time. I do not like being alone. That's because you've never been alone. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't have a problem with that. Even when I lived in Michigan, and I would just go to Founders, and I would just bring my laptop with me, and I would just order, like, a couple beers and a sandwich, and I would just, like, sit there, and I would actually write up stuff for when, like, we were more, like, 
a blog too. Like, cause I would just mm-hmm. write up articles for the show and like do the show notes for the podcast. I don't mind that even recently here, like it's been a little bit, but there was a day I went to another brewery, dead lizard, maybe like 10 minutes down the street. I, I just took a trade paperback cause it was the last invincible trade. And I sat there and I got a couple beers and brought a growler home. Like it's, it's not weird if you normalize it, I guess. Like you're just, yeah. you're just a man about town. Like you're taking a U day. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I've I've gone to the movies by myself. I've gone to lunch or dinner by myself. Like I've brewery hop by myself. Like Caitlin and I would go. She would get sent away for a conference, and I would tag along. She'd have to go to the conference all day, but I would brewery hop. And while I was at those places, I'd text I'd text you guys like, oh, hey, I'm having this beer. This is my flight. But I would just sit there and drink and talk to the bartender or talk to the waitress. and Also, or, great way to or get not. free drinks. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like I when we were in, like, Illinois, <clears throat> I went all over the place. And then I'd call an Uber because everything was I, – I don't know where the hell I am. And then I'd open the door. I'd open the front door and be like, hey, you mind if I ride up front? And then I'd ride up front talking to the guy because I feel weird about sitting in the back <laughs> and having somebody just drive me around. Unless they seem – if I look in and I'm like, now nah, I'm going <laughs> to sit in the back. But it's like, eh, I don't know. I guess I'm – Paul, you taught me how to be friendly. That's what's weird. <laughs> yeah. You know why? So I don't want to be alone ever. So I need to make friends. <laughs> oh, Paul, don't worry about it because you got friends here that'll drink with you. So, I know. hey, Paul, twenty years, my friend. I know, twenty years. Twenty years, my friend. Exactly, twenty years. You've been my friend. That's yeah. a nice turn of phrase there, John. I really appreciate that. Uh, twenty, John, you're twenty years, my friend. Uh. Should we get into the comic books? John, John <laughs> and I right? have, have a beer to talk about, too. Oh. Yeah. Well, we, we, oh, no, you, you mentioned your beer, and that's not a sound. Like a bigger discussion. So, Paul, just just be okay with being Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, we are drinking Going Coastal IPA with pineapple. Again, from Sweetwater. Um, and this is another okay beer. I don't get a ton of pineapple on this. See, it has a nice little, like, tropical pop to it, and I think that's because this isn't double dry hop, so there's nothing kind of fighting for that flavor space in the beer. Because, again, it's nice, it's good, it's drinkable. Of the three beers that we've had so far, this is definitely my favorite of those, because I can't just sit out and drink a ton of like that double dry hop beer. I might be able to drink like two or three out on the porch, but that hop's going to get to me eventually, or it's just going to, I think, kill my tongue. This doesn't have that though. This is just going to be a lot nicer. Like it's not super juicy, but there's enough of that tropical flavor to it that there's a, there's a good little sweet to it. These are great. I, all three of these that we've had so far are are really good porch beers. 
just sitting and drinking and having a beer. You don't need to be wowed, but it's definitely a good... They're all good drinking beers. Does it say... I'm trying to see if it says... That's what I want out of a variety pack. Like, yeah. you know, and I don't need to be wowed by any one of them, but as I long, need to be okay with them all As being. long as they're all solid. I do have to say, I think the Hazy is probably my favorite so far. Um, But, yeah, I don't mind the Going Coastal. I would like the Pineapple turned up, you know, a couple notches. I mean, it does... But I'm... Like, I'm sorry. I like yeah. I just like it turned up a bit, but I don't. It doesn't matter that it's there or not. It is just a, it is a good drinking beer. Yeah, like on the side, I was trying to see what hops they had in this. If it was the same kind of base IPA that they use for like the hazy or um, the, the one regular, that, the one that we'll be getting to too, maybe because it does say it's a pineapple laced IPA. So I don't think they're adding a lot of, like, pineapple oil or essence or you know, maybe actual, like, pulp or fruit to it. I think no, it's, it's an ale with natural pineapple flavor. I think it's... It says so on the can. Well, I was, just, I was just looking at the, like, the little, like, oh, hey, this is what this beer is. Um, right. I, I don't think they're amping for it to be a pineapple IPA because it says an IPA with pineapple. Pineapple. So it, I think it's meant to be kind of a subtle addition to it, and I, I think it works really well for what it is um i i like this one a lot like this i kind of wish it was in the other variety pack as well because i think i would be much happier to open up my refrigerator and see a shelf full of this than the hazy but i'm still gonna drink that hazy uh, yeah i think the hazy is good i think i've liked all three of the beers if I was going to pick a favorite out of it, I probably would pick the Hazy as number one, this number two, and then the the high the highlight is a number th- is a, obviously a number three. Yeah, I, don't, I think I'm going to fight you on that. Like I think all these are worthwhile additions, and we do have one more to get to. But before we get to that, we got some comic books to talk about, guys. Ooh, is- yeah going to head us into our main topic, which, again, is going to be our look back for April 2021. And this week, we've got four books that we picked up in April of 2021 here. We're going to be looking at Swamp Thing number one, Robin number one, Magic the Gathering number one, and Green Lantern number one. Uh, John, why don't you start us off with your first book? Well, I'm going to go get my next beer. All right. So- okay. So uh, I've brought to the table Swamp Thing number one. This is written by Ram V. Did I lose you guys? No, you're here. Oh, the thing went black. But yeah, Chris went to grab his beer, and I don't know if he did something. Who knows? I don't know. But you can hear me, right? I can hear you. Okay, came back. Sorry, Sorry everyone. Uh, this is written by Ram V. Uh, pencils by Mike Perkins. And this is a new... Uh, a new Swamp Thing. It is a man who is somehow with uh, Levi Camille, and he is having these dreams where he is becoming Swamp Thing. And at the same time, there's been these murders in the desert, desert and the pale stranger is um, 
is this mysterious figure that might be tied to the black or death and um the rot yep the uh, rot. yeah the rot that's what i was looking for thank you paul and this is uh, an interesting book i liked it i enjoyed the scott snyder um swamp thing that tied in the rot and the black and the red and the animals and the green and all those together so I'm enjoying this book. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Swamp Thing was dead and needed a new, quote-unquote, human avatar. Well, this is from uh, the Infinite Alec Frontier Hall? franchise, so it's kind mm-hmm. of spinning out of the Batman death metal stuff. So this is kind of one of those supposed oh, okay. futures. I'm fine. I'm universe. fine with that. It's only ten issues. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought the art worked for the book. It's not my favorite thing I've ever read, but I did enjoy it enough that I was like, you know, I'll pick up two, I'll pick up three and maybe, um, maybe I'll leave it after that and not go for the full 10. Yeah. It feels like, uh, maybe because it's, you know, part of it's happening on an airplane and part of it is this guy that kind of goes to sleep or thinks he's sleeping, but then has another life. I felt this is Swamp Thing meets Fight Club. You know, because he's has this other personality that's happening while he is asleep. And we get to see that's what's happening at, at the very end, where uh, when the white pale, stranger... Pale Wanderer. Uh, the, the Pale, pale Wanderer. Wander, pale Wanderer. Uh, it kills him, or, you know... Kills Swamp Thing. But they're both ideals. Uh, you, you can't kill an idea. But, like, but Paul, did you read this uh, after you read uh, Robin? Okay, because that might be where you got yes. the Fight Club from. Because Eric. Oh, maybe that's why too. Maybe Fight Club was just in my head, and then you know he wakes up, he's birthed back out of uh, a tree in Central Park, like he's just like transported there. Um, so it's kind of like the green is a TARDIS from Doctor Who, and it just brings him to where he needs to be at the time that he needs to be there. And also, you know, imagining his own death on a uh, plane that's crashing. Uh, Fight Club. Who knows? Uh, for me, there's not a lot of Swamp Thing in this book until the very end. And going through it made me feel like, well, maybe this was another book that got pitched and then they kind of retroactively made it into a Swamp Thing because it it feels like you could swap out Swamp Thing for any other kind of mystical... Yeah, he could be dead, man. ...mystical character, like, and it could still possibly work. Um, again, not having read any of the death metal stuff, I don't know what happened to Alec Holland, like, where this comes from. I do like the pseudo horrorness of it with the pale wanderer. And I think that story was more interesting for me than the actual swamp thing. I would agree. Half of this. Um, because mm-hmm. I, again, not having read any of that stuff, I don't know this new avatar of the green, but I like that sheriff and like talking to the deputies about like, Oh, you haven't heard the stories. Like people say, like he's been wandering around here forever. Like, and I like seeing him as a fully formed character. That's just not some sort of force of nature. 
pun semi-intended, uh, where he's just like, well, Sheriff, let me tell you about this. And he's having like full-on conversations with people because he's definitely cognizant of who he is and what he's doing. And I like that in my monsters. Uh, when you were reading the Sheriff, did you read into the voice of <laughs> yes, Sam Yes, I did, because he's got a mustache. Okay. <laughs> he has a I mustache. 100% you know? did. Right from the get-go, as soon as I saw that dude. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we're out in the West? Middle of the desert? Guy with a, hand, a gorgeous white mustache? It does feel like Ram V is taking from the Scott Snyder and the um, the Alan Moore Swamp thing. Uh, it, it does feel like he's paying homage to, maybe not super homage, but he is taking from what's happened before in storylines and... I, I don't know. I enjoy it. I like a good Swamp Thing story, and they're so rare and hard to find that I think in some way I'm desperate to f- latch on to anything that's semi-good. Yeah. yeah, and this is semi-good Swamp Thing. So yeah. semi-good Swamp Thing is better than no Swamp Thing. Or a lot of the Swamp so Things we'll that we've it. gotten in the past. Um. The most Swamp Thing I've ever read was when we had originally gotten back into comics and I picked up the Brian K. Vaughn Swamp Thing miniseries because I was like, well, I like Runaways. I like The Hood. Let me check out this dude's other work. And he was kind of that first creator that I was like, oh, I can follow writers now because... I'm aware that people write these books. I'm not just picking it up because it's X-Men or Spider-Man. So even he's kind of looked back on his Swamp Thing writer and been like, yeah, I was new to writing comics. They didn't care what I did. I didn't care what I did. Like, it's it's not the best book. So any kind of Swamp Thing's more Swamp Thing than I'm used to reading. Um, I'm not familiar with Rem as a writer. This is the first thing I've seen from him. He is doing a story in another book that I was s- sort of like considering picking um, for Asian Heritage Month. There's a special coming out from DC Comics. He's doing one of the, uh, the stories in that anthology book. I don't know what character he was writing, but I've been burned by the DC anthology books before, so I was kind of hesitant to pick that one up, um, especially because I couldn't see a price listed for it. But mm-hmm. Based off the Swamp Thing, I don't know if I would read more Swamp Thing, but his is a name that I would definitely take note of if I saw it on a book that's kind of more in my wheelhouse. Yeah, he's got some nice, like, sword and sorcery kind of book with um, brigands, um, which sounds... I I picked up issue one of it at one point. Um, So he's got some stuff. He's written some... He's got a book he wrote for, it's called 24 Panels, where the stories are all told in 24 panels. DC's Crimes and Passions, he wrote uh, he wrote an issue in DC Halloween special. He wrote a future... He wrote a... I mean, he, some, some of those DC Halloween specials uh, are already got burned. He wrote a future so. state book, which <laughs> might not be good, which most likely is not good. Um... But he's kind of all over the place. He's got some a lot of independent stuff, but I wouldn't mind checking. I don't mind checking out more of this Swamp Thing. I think it was good and 
good enough to go for an yeah. issue two? Am I going to be in for the long haul? Probably not, but I'm I'm willing to give it another couple issues to see where it goes. See, this is a book I wouldn't read number two, but if you did pick it up and you're like, oh no, like Swamp Thing number two is great, but uh, okay, like I I would check it out. Not beating out doors to get to it though. Yeah, I would actually kind of be interested if they pulled a monster of the week kind of thing for. The next like couple issues where like oh so we saw the uh, pale wanderer now we get introduced to another villain that he then you know while he's sleeping has to go fight but they're not doing that it's just going to be him and the pale wanderer because that's all you can do now is like you have to write for a trade like he can't do like a huge overarching well, he's story got, he's got ten I issues he's a ten issue times. run yeah. yeah. So two traits. And we took a little break, so I can't remember if I mentioned the book, but it's going to be Magic the Gathering, number one. This is coming from Boom Studios, written by Jed McKay, art by E. Noera. Yeah, this is a new ongoing book that's telling stories in the Magic the Gathering universe. Magic the Gathering being the big bad voodoo daddy of collectible card games. Gave birth to everything else that's come out since then. Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Flesh and Blood, um, any like the Versus system stuff. Lore has always been built into Magic the Gathering, whether it's apparent or not. All of those cards that you've been playing for the past almost 30 years now uh, have been telling part of a bigger story between all the sets, the expansions, the blocks. And ever since uh, Magic introduced the Planeswalker characters like 15 years ago, we've had kind of faces for those stories, uh, each one being centered in a different color. There's something there for everyone if you're playing Magic the Gathering. And that's, I think, where I have the most to say about this book because... More than anything else we're going to be talking about for this month, this book is trying to straddle two different lines, and I can't decide how I really feel about it. Because, yes, it's telling a story in the Magic the Gathering universe. But this book is removed from that continuity. So what's actually happening in the card game isn't being reflected in the comic book. And Wizards of the Coast has done other stuff. They put out short stories on their website that tie into all of the sets that they put out. They've put out novels. They've put out short little, like, trailers that kind of feed into um, the launch announcements for the new expansions. So they know how to build a story that ties into a set. So it's bizarre that Boom's putting out this comic that's very comic booky, where it's like, oh, well, Batman's doing one thing in this book. Well, he's going to be doing something different in Detective Comics. Which one's continuity? Doesn't matter. It's all comic books. So that's kind of weird for me, because I don't think anyone's going to be picking up this book if they're not a fan of Magic the Gathering, the card game. Because you see Magic on the title, and you're like, oh, looking at the cover, 
I recognize these Planeswalkers. These are cards that I have opened up from packs. These are cards that I went to my local game store and bought the singles of because I want to build a deck around of it. I don't know if anyone's going to be picking this book up because they want to get into magic. They're not aware of it. They're like, hmm, what's this thing I've mm-hmm. been hearing about? And granted, there are people that might be picking this up because it's number one, that this might be their step into that bigger world of primarily gaming, but there is some story to it as well. But then also it's telling a different story here than what we're getting in there. So I don't know what to say next. Again, I, I'm picking number two. Does it come with, sorry, I'm picking number two as my pick for the list for this week. I obviously enjoyed this book as a fan of comic books and magic, the gathering and I'm able to draw the line between that as a fan of comics, and I can recognize there's different stories being told between comic to comic to game to cartoons to movies. I can get that, but if you have a franchise that you're like, we're going to tell this story with, why are you not keeping it kind of linear? When you don't have those burdens of like, well, we have the movies, we have the cartoons, we have the kids' cartoons, we have the comics, we have the action figure lines. You you can streamline this stuff. You can have it make sense. So that's my first thing, just talking about this book, without even getting into the actual book. So as, thoughts? As someone who is more of a layman, I've played Magic. I've collected the cards. I've bought in the kits and the sets and all that stuff. I don't feel like I needed the whole beginning part. And the beginning part was slightly confusing, explaining the realms and this and that, because I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I have green cards, blue cards, red cards, black cards. You know, like, <laughs> I, I can get that. If they cut all of that out and just started with, these people are the master guild, they are red, they're blue, they're this... And people are coming to attack him. I feel like it would have been a more. I would have gotten into the story more. Where, Paul, do you want to give the game design idea behind the planes? Uh, if each because you know by the third set they were like, oh, well, what if we had an Arabian Nights set? And they're like, well, why are vampires attacking Arabian Nights people? And they're like. Well, they're, they're, they exist on different planes, but they can cross over because you're, you're the planes. You're a magic dealer that can grab magic from all these different places. So it's, it was to explain away the uh, different types of cards because people wanted to have fun and like fight genies against vampires and fight mummies versus ghouls. And bats yeah. and stuff. So each set's basically on a different plane, just so they can say like, well. Okay, so this plane's taking place on werewolf land. Well, it doesn't have to tie into Egyptian mummy world because, no, we're, we're on a different plane now. So that's kind of the hand-waving this that they're kind of introducing at the beginning of it. But And then you have a narrator that's obviously the real estate agent for all these planes, and they're trying to sell you on moving into Ravnica because it is the best and Real estate prices are uh, going through and, the roof. And that's just because the Ravnica sets are the ones that have sold the best. So that's kind of why it's one of the planes that they keep going back to in 
the actual card game. But what I'm trying to say is, I didn't. I don't. Yeah. I don't need it. You don't need that shit. I don't need it being layman yeah. going into this book, and I don't think you need it. Like Chris, who is a huge fan of Magic, yeah. you don't need it. Yeah, you already know what we're and I'm, is. But see, and I, I feel like this is done for those people like John that are like, "Well, I already, I have all these cards. Like, what do you mean these cards don't matter? Like, I, I have them." Yeah, but I, I'm saying as the layman coming into this, I didn't, I didn't need, I didn't need that. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, Chris, is if you're not someone who plays Magic, why would you be picking up this book? So it's like it just doesn't it doesn't fit with whatever they're trying to do with this like whoever this book is for that opening scene is not for them and it it took a lot out of this it took it took it some what out of this me out of the book Can I just do an I I'm assuming this is you reading that for those first couple pages so I'm going to do it Huh what page turn Still more of this garbage. Page turn. More of this garbage. Page turn. Where is the story starting? It was Page somewhat turn. like that, but it was more like is that you. I get this. Yeah. I get they're on different. Like I get they're on different planes, and I kept waiting for them to explain something more about it. So I think, but I don't want to get hung up on this. Go, I don't. No, it, it's okay because. But that's no, no, that's my whole point. Like, and I took like five minutes to talk about it at the beginning because they're breaking down what the planes are for the first four pages, and then you have two to three pages of introducing who our main Planeswalker characters are going to be, because, you know, every comic book could be somebody's first, so they might not know who Vraska, Kaya, and uh, Ral's Eric are. So, you're getting brief glimpses into them, and then you're seeing how they handle the situation, which is assassins coming to attack all of these figureheads of the magic brand. Now, would this have been solved? This whole, like, well, who's this book for? If every purchase came with a non-fungible token of one of the panels within the book, and you didn't know which panel you got the non-fungible token for until you bought the book. Um... Boom. Now it's a collector's item as well. So, and everybody loves their NFTs, buddy. As someone there that just Ride the train. NFTs were like a week ago, I still don't get it. And I still think it's stupid. Like weird, bizarre, <laughs> like photo cryptocurrency. I. Yeah. You, that's, just, that's a whole other side discussion for something. <laughs> Shit. Should I explain it or no, not? No. Just move it, on because we, we spent too much time explaining the different planes yeah. of magic. We um, no longer have time but it does, to discuss I'm, I'm thinking. I'm sorry, I'm flipping through. It takes about... John's looking up 10, what an NFT is right now. It takes about book. 10 pages for this book to get going where you've already learned what the planes are, who your characters are, and now, like, yes, we're seeing what's happening and where the story's going to go from there. Um, but again, like back to my original point, and then like the question that John also asked, like I know who these characters are. I'm, I'm ready to get into it. Like every issue of Batman or Spider-Man doesn't spend the first 10 pages laying out like New York city, like city that never sleeps, the big apple. I'm Spider-Man. 
bitten by a spider. Like, they take a page to do all that. <laughs> but, okay. like... Every Flash episode issue starts with, I'm the fastest man alive, you know? It's a lot of build-up, and I do think that Jed McKay's able to tell a good story using these characters. As someone, like, who is aware of them and familiar with them and then plays as them, he does a good job giving their them all different voices and how they're handling this exact same situation that everyone's falling into and then just how they move past that and how they're able to keep going on and how they semi fall apart when Jay shows up because again from the card game Jason Vraska had a thing so Miss Stone Cold she's a Gorgon she makes people into stone statues Stone Cold that's a pun check mark um so the fact that she's able That's to freeze, definitely a like, punishment. When, like Jay shows up and she kind of loses that cool. That's not explained in this book, but as a fan of the card game, I get that reference. So how much of this do you need to explain versus how much are you counting on people already knowing? Yeah, and you don't need to and, over explain yeah. when he's like, hey, I'm here. And everyone's like, ooh, Jay Vermeer. Like... I don't know, like, when I saw this book was coming out, I messaged you, Paul, or you, Chris, to be like, hey, there's a, there's a magic book coming out. I was interested in reading this book, but I did not like this book. I think the art is really great in it. I think it looks great. I think it's got moments where I'm like, okay, now it's turned, like, now it's going to get good and it just feels like it has to over-explain stuff to you, where I'd rather it just tell a story and not over-explain it. And I don't know, like, there's just so much in this book that took me out of it, where it was like, ugh, eye roll? From where I was sitting on where I am as a magic reader, but also as someone who enjoys sword and sorcery books like i can just fall into it i understand there's magic this person's assassin's guild and oh hey usually i take the the ghost soul of the soul blade that's going to kill you know kill me blah 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 i'm like like yeah that's a cool scene yeah kaya kaya's fucking badass like she's one of my favorite planeswalkers so seeing her in action is like yeah i i, I like I, and i can see you like you liking that. I like that scene, but there was stuff mm-hmm. that played before it and there's stuff that played after it with that character that it was like like I didn't I didn't really need this. And the scene with the the Medusa character that's like Oh, how come you haven't turned to stone? Oh, you don't have any eyes? Oh, I'm 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 Queen Bitch of Fuck Mountain over here. <laughs> this is <laughs> This is nonsense. I'm going to slice you up sushi style. Like, yeah, it's good. That would have been a better one. <laughs> but it was just like, yeah, like, okay, she's she's a badass. Like, go for it. Like, yeah. And it's just like there's there was moments in it that I was like, yeah, let's let's roll. And then it just like it felt like it felt like it was you're trying to turn your car over. Like, you'd get, like, that, and then click, click, click. Like, it kept trying to go, but then it kept getting 
it just kept shutting down and not not moving, not going anywhere. So, Paul, you're kind of literally like in the middle of us as yeah. Magic fans. Like, you've dabbled in some of the stuff outside of just yeah. I read a trade, uh, you know, that you got me for uh, my birthday one year, Chris, and I'm like, okay, it, it, and. I, that's where I kind of got the background of oh, there's actual character to these planeswalkers. They're not just cards. Uh, they're really trying to set up more personality than just the two or one lines they deliver in the video game, uh, like Magic Arena and stuff like that. Cool, cool. And then we tried reading the book, and I just couldn't get through it, that the, book. the novel. And we're talking about Sundered uh, Shattered Bond. Um, it was a novella that yeah. came out in lieu of the release of the. Ikoria Layer of Behemoths expansion that came out literally like right at the beginning of the pandemic. Like that's when everything kind of shut down. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that was going to be the second book that we did for Woodbook uh, Books with Friends. And I re- I tried so hard and I just like would get uh, through like two, three pages and be like Honestly, it took <laughs> me being like, we're gonna talk about this book at some point to to push me through reading it. And then there was one day I was taking Yanni to work. And, like, as I'm driving her, I was, like, fuming about, like, they introduced this new Planeswalker, and I really wanted to like him, but here's, like, the character assassination that they did on him. And I was, like, <laughs> I have thoughts about this book, and we're never going to talk about it. I'm so sorry. So it's fine. Like, again, like, we started recording Word Books with Friends during uh, quarantine when everything was shut down, and then Florida was one of the first states to be like, hey, guys, pandemic's over. We're opening up. Yeah. Uh, so I, I went back to work like a month and a half later. <laughs> yeah, I, I do feel like John, like what John is saying, like it's it's a card trying to turn over. It's a card that's overloaded with the exposition. They loaded up exposition after exposition, and even during the fight scenes where you're going to see these characters be badass, they're bogged down with all this dialogue that explains like, well, haha, I got the I'm the Ghost Blade assassin, and you can't kill me and then you, you switch over the next panels like basically the uh, the tinker uh, I, I will like, say I do like Rael Zarek just kind of as the like chatterbox like oh we don't have the ne- demonic uh, yeah Shivashier, like open up yet like okay yeah. like well I guess uh, we can't use that what about this okay uh, I, but for, as, for the as they're dispatching that makes, everybody, that makes sense. Like he can be a little bit different from everybody else, but I get that. But they, I, I don't feel like they were different because each one of them were, were just chatterboxing about their what, how they were going to kill them. Like, aha, you, you come at me, you assassins, and then the so, next panel is like, haha, you come after me, assassins. I am the technomancer. Aha, I am the pirate queen of the Nile. List. Queen, queen, bitch of fuck mouth. pirates. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, but as no as the blue and red planeswalker, it makes more sense for Ral to be that way than the black and green of Raska or the white right. and black of Kaya. Like just like yeah, that, they, all like impulse, they, like go, go, go. The one, the black and white assassin one. She's like, I'm going to show you how to be an assassin. I'm like, why are you talking? You're an assassin. <laughs> just shut up and kill him. Like, why are you talking? Like, why are you describing your yeah, demon blade? It should be. It should be. You're an assassin. That's how. That's how you're assassin standing over a dead body. Like that's her. That's her chat up that she should have. Yeah, and then the Gorgon lady 
What are you talking? Yeah. For, she she's a queen. For her, it makes a like a little more sense. Like there's there's a lording regal feeling to her that it, yes, I, you know, that's all. I, I get your complaints. Um, it, it feels more like exposition than the actual it, instead of characterization. That's all. I, I did and, enjoy this enough. And I'm a fan enough of the franchise to be picking up that number two. Um, especially if it is going to be jumping across the planes and I'm going to be seeing more of those characters that I do know and like. And hopefully now that they've gotten all of that exposition out of the way, they can focus more on the storytelling and the, the characterization. Instead of having to tell you, they can just let it breathe and feel more natural. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of breathing and feeling natural, John... Our last beer from Sweetwater. You ready to yeah. go? So this is their flagship extra pale ale 420 beer. And this is just a really nice little malty pale ale. I have to say, like, everything from them is just a solid drinking beer. There's nothing that goes, like, that's crazy about them. But I could sit down at any event and drink any of these beers. Um, I think definitely the 420 is probably my favorite out of what we had. It just is nicely balanced, just easy drinking. Um, and yeah, like I, I, I enjoyed all of these. I have, we have the IPA left. Um, but also after drinking four, think these four beers, I'm almost done with the 420. Like, I don't feel loopy. I don't feel silly. I don't feel the, b- like bloated and bogged down. They're just, they just were pretty good. And we drank them. This one's only five point seven. Like the biggest beer we had from them, I think was like six point two tonight. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, should we just should we do that like the IPA? I'm I'm okay with doing that IPA because, like you said, like we've had four beers in two and a and, half hours, and it, I I feel nothing from it. They're all so light. They're very drinkable, and this is kind of. The one I think this was the first beer from them I actually had. Me too. And again, it's been so long since I've had it. I don't remember how I felt about a lot of these originally when I had them. And I think I probably actually had them on the show. But I'm not a fan of that dank weed beer. It's just not a flavor profile that I like. So when you see like extra pale ale four twenty, like that's the hot profile that you're you're thinking you're gonna get because so many breweries do capitalize just on that flavor profile. And this doesn't have that. It does have a very nice kind of wet hop to it, but it's not just that super cannabisy dankness. And I actually really like that. I drank this super fast and I did not realize how quick this was actually like going down. I don't think it's my favorite. I think that's still probably going to be the going coastal, but this is like a strong number two or three. Like it's, very middling of the four beers and i don't mean that in a bad way at all uh, yeah i mean all these beers i probably would give them the same the same ranking on like untapped maybe half a point lower for the session yeah. but i <laughs> that means you hate it it's not a four that means you hate it paul rankings everybody but i think i mean all of them for what they are are just, you know, they're lawnmower beers. They're playing, you know, playing Coob in the backyard beer. Like, 
they're lawn game beers. They're sitting and watching TV beers. They're sitting on the porch beers. Like they're just an easy drinking beer that are pleasant to drink. There's yeah, I have no no problem having picked up two variety packs from them because all of these beers I know I'm going to sit down and drink at some point. I can tell you right now the highlight's going to be the last one that empties out the shelf on the fridge because the other three, I think, are a bit stronger. But that's no fault of highlights. It's it's the beer that it says it is on the can. It's light, it's sessionable, it's low-cal. Like, it, it does what it's supposed to do. Yeah, and like I can't tell what the... Better Days, which is in the other pack that it's a pack that we don't get, but you have like a blueberry wheat beer that probably again is just a great drinking beer. It's on my shelf right now. Um, but next week I'll talk about it. But the better the better days, which is the other one in there, it's it's another IPA, but I can only imagine it being just a nice drinking beer. Like I I'm not expecting anything to stand out or anything to be crazy about these beers. They're just <laughs> solid and they used to make a beer i believe it was called like hash head but what it was is when they threw the hops in to the machine to get like palletized it would create like a coating on the inside that they would scrape off and then just throw away and the one time like the owner or head brewer was there and was like well what do you guys do with that it looks like a big brick of hash. And he was like, oh, we just throw it away. And he's like, <laughs> well, it's basically just really packed down hops, right? And they're like, yeah. It's like, well, if you're just going to throw it away, can we take some and see if we can make a beer out of it? And they made like a really dank, hoppy beer out of it. And like, I. Baby, you, you got yourself a stew you going. You got a stew going. But they were <laughs> able then to, like, they came back and they're like, hey, scrape that shit out and we'll buy it for this amount of money you're gonna throw it out anyways we'll buy it from you and they made a beer out of it like i don't know if they still make that or if it's still like a beer that they do once a year or something but i could imagine like if it's gonna be a a tweaked up version of like the extra here or something else we had with that big hoppiness to it like it could be really good Oh, I saw you tip it up your can. Yeah, uh, I finished up my can that I was drinking earlier. Uh, but I, before this, I was at Thin Man Brewery on Chandler, and I had the Is It Too Early for Flapjacks, which is their stout with uh, maple syrup and blueberry. And my wife also, you know, we were splitting the flight. And she said, this is my, this would be the perfect morning beer. It's it's just flapjacks, blueberry, and maple syrup. And Kate's like, "Am I a fan of maple syrup? Do I like maple syrup now?" Uh, and I and she, she's a big fan of that beer. It's a little pricey. I, if I see it out and I want a brunch beer, I would go back to the. Is it too early for flapjacks from? Then see that flavor profile. Something I like, and it's not going to be something that you just sit down to drink every day after you get home from work. Like, that's a treat yourself here. Like, yeah. Like, even stuff like CBS, like, 
I love that beer, but I'm not going to fill the entire bottom shelf of my fridge with that because I'm not going to sit there and drink one of them and be like, hey, you know what I want another one of? I'm going to crack open another one. Like, yeah. Dragon's Milk, uh, a CBS, and that beer, there's a time and a place for it. And when you sign up to do the, drink that beer, you're signing up to end your night. Like, it's... Yeah. Those are those are sippers. You take your time enjoying it. Sippers, exactly. And there are so many other blueberry maple beers out there that are good. You had that one, Paul. Was it the Resurgence one from that pack that you also really liked? Uh, Rohrbach had put out their blueberry pancake beer, and it was really good. Ellicottville, they made it their ten ninety nine six pack seasonal with. They're they're one, and that's also a really good beer. Like, it's commonplace, and I I had the beer that you're you're talking about. It's it's good. It's a lot more yeah. of the maple and blueberry on the nose, and it is a big big version of those beers. But you mm-hmm. don't need to make a big version of that beer to deliver those flavors and make it something that's enjoyable to drink. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I didn't end up picking up anything while I was at Thin Man because I had already stocked my fridge with the other half, and I also got a shipment of uh, beer from uh, Barrel Brothers, which I'll be talking about uh, sometime nice. later on in a different episode. Free shipping. Uh, nice. Free shipping. Got the free shipping code. <laughs> well, something else that has free shipping is comics. When you buy them on Comicsology, guys, I don't know if you knew that because um, you are purchasing. A digital comic, as it reminds you every single time you go to buy a comic book on there. Uh, which is going to lead us to our next book, which is going to be Robin number one. Uh, this written by Joshua Williamson, art by Gelb Malkinoff. And this is a new number one that's telling the story of Damian Wayne, who's been noticeably absent from the Batman books proper, even where it's been called out like, oh, wish Damien was here kind of thing. Again, one of the Infinite Frontier books, so I don't know how much this ties into everything else that's happening in the DC universe. But it starts off with Damien basically fighting other martial artists in the DC universe in hopes to get invited to basically DC's version of Mortal Kombat. And then he finally gets that marker coin to get on the boat and go to the island. And that's where the story begins and ends. Obviously, it doesn't end there. Uh, I don't think this book is going to be something that lasts for a, a long haul. I can see this being an ongoing series that turns into kind of like a limited maybe like 8 to 10 issues. I do want to say I do like some of the deep cuts when he gets to the Lazarus Tournament island where you have characters like Lady Shiv there Connor Hawk, Green Arrow's son um, I, I want to say like Cheshire was there in the background uh, I don't know this is a fun throwaway DC Universe Batman book that doesn't have any real fallout I think for the Batman family I think you're just going to see Damien doing what he does best, which is talking a big game, 
and then kind of reaping what he sows from it. I, I dug this book. I have no problems having paid like three ninety nine for this. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this book. I enjoyed it. This is a good version of Damian Wayne because he is that snarky kid, but then he is also having a conversation with a dead Alfred Pennyworth that's in his head that is going to probably pay play. And I hope does play a lot more of his like conscience with like, kind of like, well, what would, what would Alfred think of me? Kind of a thing. Um, but what I just like looked up, Chris is this is the same writer, Joshua Williamson, who wrote, um, the Marvel's, um, haunted mansion, mansion comic book. Oh, okay. I really dug that buckle. Uh, and also, like when I, because I when I looked that up, the characters in that book is a father with a big beard and a big red hat, and like two kids and a wife who are look a lot like the people who are begging for money that Damien Wayne, the family that he gives money to as he uh, goes together. Yeah, I'm, I'm going through pages right now. Um. But it was just like I just I just noticed that and I was like, well, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed this book, and I I love it. It's like it's a fight tournament book that Robin gets his spoilers. He gets his heart ripped out at the end. He gets his heart handed to him at the end of uh, it. Uh, Paul, I think it. I think if your heart is out of your chest, you need more than a Lazarus pit, right? Like you got to be intact before you go in the Lazarus pit. Well, they could stick it back in. I would assume. Yeah. I, oh, okay. I think, I mean, obviously this is a number one of a book that's going to be continuing on. And they do make note where on this Island for the tournament, you fight to the death. And now we have Damien who's, had his heart removed from him, he's going to be dead, and now I think you're going to see him having to learn lessons, being the first loser in the tournament. After he came out there and was like, no, we're here to fight. Why are we talking about this? Let's go. Who's up first? And Yeah, it was a good SmackDown. If that kid needed a SmackDown, and I'm glad he got it. like, a no-name. <laughs> like, yeah, flatline. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. And you know what? This book will be great if Damien stays dead this time. It'll be amazing. He's died once before. And that's, you know? and I so, think that's I kind know. of where, like, the last line where, like, like, I've been, like, he says, like, I've been dead, or it's just an interesting way of how he says no. it. But, but I'm, how can this be? I am, and then dead? Question mark? Uh, I, I did enjoy this book. I like the new costume design. It's an updated oh. take on the Robin look, but it's much more like utilitarian Damien. Like, and it also fits in but, yeah. with a version that they just recently did of his future state Batman suit. Uh, even like mm-hmm. when he's waiting on the docks, like I like him sitting there reading like the manga comic. I just, I think it's funny that, like, yeah. About like, painting. He, he's a kid. Like, he's sitting there waiting, like, for, like, someone to show up and give him his, like, yes, you fought the best. Now, I mean, he's, like, he's just killing time. Like, but, I I kind of like that little moment. He's reading that book, and he's like, come on, Hannah, you must have a plan. 
Like it, like <laughs> it, it, it is a fun. <laughs> you forget that the the way that he's written a lot of times, you forget that he is a kid, and it is like there's a little bits in good writers who write him. You have those moments that are very like, oh yeah, he's still a kid. Well, now I feel like a jerk for rooting for the kid to be dead. No, I mean he's a, he's yeah, a very it's Damian, I don't mind. There's people that do hate him, and I can understand that. I just like what he adds to the Bat family, kind of in that Red Hood vein, where he's there to stir that shit up. Because you have Batman, and then you have all of the you know the good kids, like the good lieutenants that are there, uh-huh. falling in line, like. But you just said it, Chris. Like Red Hood. Well, there's, I, I, th- but there's, you can't tell me like there's when a you big see, thing like, at DC for years that they wanted to kill Dick Grayson because oh, what niche does he play? And then we're going to prop up Damian Wayne. I'm, but the, I'm it's those I'm moments. Ang- when I'm you not see... as angry as IBUs. But I'm oh, it's it's that thing like when you see the Bat Family get together and then Jason shows up. And everyone's just like, oh, fuck, this guy, too. Like, we forgot he's, like, part of the family. Like, you'd like those moments from, again, just, like, a storytelling character standpoint because he is so on the outskirts and he can be that differing viewpoint. He can be the person that says, like, no, like, yeah, kill the Joker, guys. That that makes sense, right? When nobody else can say that. Like, you, you have to have that character there. And it's and just he, kind of fun that Batman's own son can be that person. But you, you got him there with the Red Hood. In you no longer have the Batman failure of like not being able to save a Robin, and he could have had that again, even amplified by Batman not being able to save his own son if they just let Damien be dead from that first time they killed him. Like, yeah, but they should have that bat fa- you know, Batman failure. Killed him. They killed him to then have the story of Batman resurrecting his son in Apocalypse. Like, it, it's bad storytelling for how they killed him and then brought him back. Like, they killed him to bring him back, and that's not a good story. But Damien is one of those characters that is the most successful with a good writer. Grant Morrison, when he created him mm-hmm. and he brought him in, and his Batman story. Pete Tomasi, with his Batman run with Dick Grayson as Batman and Robin, like, and and Damien is his Robin, like th- that was the best version of him. The second best version is Super Sons, where he's putting on all those disguises to trick everyone to have those moments with Connor Kent. Like, again, Pete Tomasi, yeah. Pete Tomasi, he's a, a really great writer writing that story. And then you have like when he appears in the Teen Titans, and he's just a shit heel that everybody hates bad writing for that character like he's a character that he doesn't have a singular voice that people catch and are able to do well with i think joshua williamson captures that very well in this book and i think you have your own issues because chris and i've always been on the more positive damien and you've always been on the more negative and we all agreed when he died he should have stayed dead. But they have done good things yeah. and bad things with him before and after his death. Like they have with any character. And, and, 
Mm-hmm. And I, I really believe, and I might be wrong, I really thought Grant Morrison said that the whole plan was he was supposed to be Dick Grayson's Robin. And as soon as Dick Grayson's no longer Batman, Damien doesn't, he shouldn't be around. And the, it was kind of like closing the loop where Batman was dead. Now you have Damien alive, you know, being Robin. Batman comes back and now he's alive and then you lose Robin, you know, or Damien. So, you know, it kind of. Yeah, but that's what Grant Morrison planned. He didn't, he should have known it's a comic book company. And if you created a new, you've created a new comic, you don't get a say, even if you're Grant Morrison. Well, you get a say and you get that storyline and then it's up to the comic book company to then undercut it. I think. It's so varied when you have a character that is so loved and hated and loved to be hated, like Damien, because, again, I bought this book, you know? Yeah, and this is one of those things, too, that, like, it would have been on the fence for me. Oh, it's a Damien Robin book. Could it be good? Could it be bad? Blah, blah, blah. I'm glad I read it. Like, I would gladly read number two. There, there was a moment like when I sat down today, just to, like refresh myself on the books. Where I was like, "Oh shit, I never bought Robin," and that's when I, like, I bought it. And, like I sent you guys a message. I was like, "Hey, I forgot to pick it up, but it's there now. Like, check it out." And then I sat there and I read. And I'm like, "Oh, like, I wish I hadn't forgotten to pick this book up." But it kind of came out at the tail end of the month after I had already bought the other three issues that I was bringing to the table. It, I don't know. I hope the next issue uh, it says Robin on it and then it's crossed out and it says Flatline number two. <laughs> uh, but that'll take us into our last book, right, Chris? Yeah. Uh, that's going to be the last one. And speaking about Grant Morrison writing comic books and doing what he wants with it and then it becomes something else, this is going to be Green Lantern number one. Uh, written by Jeffrey Thorne, <laughs> art by Dexter Soy. And this is not a Green Lantern core book, but it's definitely digging into the Green Lantern mythology and kind of focusing on more than just the core four characters that we normally get, like Hal, Jon Stewart, Kyle, and um, oh my gosh, no, I'm Guy Gardner. I don't know why I blanked on his name. Oh. <laughs> um, but no, we do get to see uh, Simon Baz in this. We do get to see Jessica Cruz. John Stewart's kind of the focal character, but then we also get Teen Lantern popping up in here. And this book is basically centered on the like united coalition of planets coming together, not just to decide if the Green Lantern Corps and Oa should be allowed to continue to police the galaxy, but if they should just welcome Oa into the Council of Planets, because for the longest time, they've just been kind of on the outskirts doing what they want to do. And there's pseudo-political thriller with this, while you have different planets voicing yay or nays, and then someone making a play on a secret weapon that's been hidden in the Owen vaults for all this time. I really enjoyed this book and how much it felt like a Green Lantern book again after really not enjoying the issues that we read of the Grant Morrison, Liam Sharp Green Lantern book that came out like two years ago now. 
Liam Sharp. Like, let's be down gritty being space cops and, like, having routine traffic stops but, with the space cops. Because you can do that. Weird biker You can gangs. do that in Green Lantern and still have it be good because we learned that from the Pete Tomasi, Patrick Gleason book with Green Lantern Corps where they can do the cop stuff. And, and yeah. you focus on that precinct of them, like, doing what they do and the fallout from that. It it can work. And it works in this book. I think the only thing that takes me a little bit out of this book is the Teen Lantern. Because everything else is mm-hmm. so more, like, solid of what's going on. They're having all these people at OA. And then you have, in some ways... The Damien Wayne of it, the Korean But it seems Lantern. like she's, like... Overly ethnic, like she just oh you're loco. Like there's like lines in that that I felt were like a little cringeworthy of trying to write a okay. Spanish character, but also like I have no idea who this character is. I don't know where she's popped up before. Uh, in Young Justice from the Wonder Comics line from Brian Michael Bendis, like she's been in there and she. The very first arc of that book, which I do have the trade for. Um, We read issue number one when it came out like two and a half years ago. Um, I recommend actually checking out that first trade because it is like a solid, fun superhero read. Um, But this is her first foray into the like DC universe and Green Lantern universe proper because she's not an actual Green Lantern, um, which is kind of the crux of her being in this book because she has these powers but they don't know where she got this weapon from how it works and who she is I like that she constantly was correcting everybody like oh they tried to take the glove it's a gauntlet she's a kid I'm a teen but then like you're 11 yeah she's 11 (laughs) (laughs) but I I do like that lantern kind of broadening of the net because this book draws on so much from not just the Green Lantern universe but the DC universe with Thanagar approaching like the representative from like Kolu, New Korrigar with the Yellow Lantern course showing up to be like no like obviously these guys are just here to sow fear like they've never done anything good like they should not be allowed and i I really dug this book. Green Lantern number two was my pick for the list last episode with 441. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes because it feels good to be excited for a Green Lantern book. And it's a good version of Jon Stewart. Yeah, he's one of those characters that people seem to want to do something with, but they don't know how to do it. So him kind of like stepping in as head lantern. It makes sense. He was a guardian like, for a while? Like, even when, like, like they're making fun of his dress uniform, he's like, no, like, this is based off of, like, the Kryptonian dress outfit. Jor-El set up the council <laughs> plan. It's like, this this is classy, guys. Yeah, and it, it, it really worked with him leading. And, you know, even with Hal Jordan popping up, and them having the conversation, it felt like John Stewart, but it felt like a writer who knew how to write John Stewart. 
because you get them popping up and there's those moments you're like oh yeah that's a really good interpretation of john stewart um green lantern rebirth when it was like yeah you can see you know john stewart was a architect so you can see him building and twisting the screws to build his Mm -hmm. constructs and do all that like oh yeah that's a interesting take on that character and you can't say that you've always had those moments. Um, yeah, I'd say even like back before that, when Judd Winnick was writing the book, and like John had been paralyzed, but he wasn't actually paralyzed. It was his own fear and like feelings of inadequacy that were basically keeping him immobile that he then had to overcome. Like that was my first John Stewart like comic book that I read. Outside of that, I only knew him as just being the Lantern that took over in the 70s and then the Lantern from Justice League because they just didn't use Hal Jordan for it. Yeah. And it, the uh, I forget who the writer was, but they just kept driving home the fact, like, oh, he's ex-military. He's ex-military. He was a sniper. And, like, they have him, I think, wasn't he even as, like, a... Didn't he kill... Um, that... That, that was Jeff Johns that you're talking about. Was it about. Jeff Johns? Yeah, because they During did Black Snyder where he was like, set up like, and he had like the fatigues on and he had like the the construct sniper rifle. Didn't he also at one point shoot um, the planet and kill it? And, but he was being... He was... Uh, that was back during the 80s. That was the mosaic stuff. I, All right, and again, yeah. that was the 80s. Like, that's not what I'm reading comic books. So I just remember there's something just recent, not recently, but in the last 10, 11, oh, no, that, 11 it, years. It did happen again where he, no, it, there was something else that happened where he was like, no, I'm like the only person that kind of can call this shot. Again, pun intended. No. Um, because he had that history. And I want to say it was at the tail end of the War of the Light or Blackest Night. I want to feel like he was, he like, was like, like, he was a, was he a Purple Lantern? Yeah, he was, um, no, not. Indigo. Uh, Indigo, yeah. yeah. But I, I really liked this book. I really liked, it was a good interpretation of that character. <sighs> you you awoken something in me. I'm sorry. I, I have all those trades over on my shelf <laughs> to the side here. I'm going to have to go, like flip through that because i i do know what you're talking about now i just don't remember where it yeah, was me either um but it's a great version of it's a great version of john stewart in this book i and i liked the i liked the kid lantern but she just like for everything else around this book like she wasn't fitting in it with all the the political stuff and he and I think that's just going to be the nature of that character because, again, like, she is 11. She's not a Green Lantern. Like, she doesn't have that same responsibility that everyone else has as being chosen. Like, she's kind of the odd kid out in all this. So I like that they brought her in just for for those reasons. Like, it's the same thing that I like about Damon being in the Batman family books is because they don't fit it. And I think Teen Lantern's going to be that for Batman, but I don't think she's going to be as strictly unlikable as Damien. It's just going to be that kind of like, no, like, you're going to come into this and unlike Damien, she will learn. Like, 
she will grow. And then this also had the comic book trope that I really dislike. Something happening, and then it's like two hours earlier. And then it goes into that. Mm. And that's just like, I, I just, I've noticed that it's just so commonplace now. Three days ago, two minutes ago, like, this book could have started where it was, after it said, like, two hours ago, it could have started with just Jon Stewart and talking to Hale and about the planets coming together. And I would have been there. Like, it mm-hmm. fit. Everything was really, really right. good. Because the, the little section that you got two hours ago didn't even, like, feel like it fit perfectly into the the story when it was supposed to happen. And I don't know. It's just... I, I just really, really hate... I just really hate that. Because it it feels like comic books do it so much lately... And this is in the last five years. Mm-hmm. It just seems it's continuously like two hours ago, three days ago. This is where it happened. It almost seems it almost seems like an editor gets the you know the script and it's like, ooh, we need to punch up the beginning a little bit. Let's put the end at the beginning. Ooh, yeah, I'm a great editor. <laughs> so the, my question yeah. for this book too, and. It might just be because I haven't read too much Green Lantern recently and I haven't read any like of the Hawk books. Mm-hmm. Was Hawkgirl and Jon Stewart ever a thing in the current DC universe or is it just kind of a carryover? Justice League Unlimited. Is, is <laughs> it just from that? Because I know when we were actually getting the Dwayne so. McDuffie Justice League like years ago, it was... Like Red Arrow, Arsenal, Roy Harper, and Shaira. Did they ever? That was Brad Meltzer. Oh, Brad Meltzer. Sorry. Was that I'm ever sorry. a thing that happened in DC proper? Is that why they're kind of like introducing it now, or is it like no people like that relationship? Throw in another Thanagarian because first glimpse, like again at the beginning when you're seeing everything happen, I was like. Oh, like Hawkgirl's there, and I was like, oh, wait, no, like, that's that's someone else. I thought the same thing, but I'm pretty sure it was in Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, it was in Justice League Unlimited. Brad Meltzer put together Roy Harper and uh, uh, Hawkgirl together because he thought it would be fun, because in the comic books he grew up reading, Green Arrow and Hawkman were always had the opposite viewpoint on everything. Like, he, he, Green Arrow always thought that Hawkman was being too much of a fascist, and uh, Hawkman always thought that Green Arrow was being too much of a, a wussy liberal. So he's like, oh, what if their kids get yeah. together? And, I mean, you saw that, too, in um, in his, uh, when uh, the Adam's wife gets killed. Identity Crisis, uh, identity you see those crisis, characters yeah. have that fighting yeah, fighting. Um, yeah, but I mean, if you want to do power ranking on these books, yeah, I, I can do it. If someone else wants to go yeah. first, because I literally, I think I need to write it out. Um, Green Lantern. I'm ready. Damien, oh. Swamp Thing, and then Magic. I'm going Green Lantern, Swamp Thing, Robin, then 
magic. Yeah. So almost the same. Uh, I'm. I mean, most of these are my picks, but I'm still going to come out biased. I'm going to go magic first, just because I have the promise of what could come with it. <laughs> um, but that I, I'm I'm being hopeful. But then after that, I think Green Lantern. He's chasing. He's chasing, chasing that card. Uh, and then I'm going to go Green Lantern because I, I like reading Green Lantern book again. And then I'm going to go Robin just because I do kind of want to see where this book goes. And then Swamp Thing and being like at the end isn't anything bad about this. It's just I don't know this character. I don't know where they're going to go with it. It's just me kind of jumping into a book that I have no stake in. While the other three, I, I do. Like these are characters or franchises that I know and love. Swamp Thing's always just been kind of one of those things that I'll dip in when it gets brought to the table, but outside of that, like I'm I'm not gonna think about Swamp Thing until the next time someone says, like, hey, mm-hmm. we're gonna read Swamp Thing. Uh, but it was still a well done book. Yeah, and I And I think this was the same as like the last month where we all, all had like we all enjoyed differing opinions, but we didn't dislike any of the yeah. books. And I have to say, like the magic book, like how you said like I, I don't have a stake in that book. Like that's why it's at the end because I don't have anything. I don't have anything for it. And I thought like the book was. I, I thought all of the books art fit um fit the tone of the book. And uh, yeah, we do have one last beer. Uh, Chris and I cracked open. Um, I did. I didn't see if you had grabbed it I or did. not. Because I, I took a brief okay. runaway. Um, I did. 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 Do you guys need no, some I'm, time I'm to almost it? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm already yell about Robin some more. Yeah. Or no? Okay. Like, same thing. So uh, also from Sweetwater, this is just their base IPA. And this is actually the biggest boy of the night for us. Uh, 6.3% ABV. Everything that we've said about all the other beers earlier kind of holds true for this one, too. It's just a good, drinkable IPA. Like It's a little more bitter. It's a any- little more dry your mouth out. But it... Is it dry your mouth out in the sense of, like, you just want to take another drink of the beer? Well, I think if you went to any new local craft brewery and they had just their base IPA on tap, if that was this, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's it's not bad. Like, it's, it is what it is. It's an IPA. I Again, we're both already done with it, and we only had it for, like, that last book that we talked about. I can't fault any of this stuff from Sweetwater. Um, no, I um, yeah. no, I think everything's everything's solid. It's not blow your you know knock your socks off, blow you away. But there's nothing. There was nothing bad about these beers, and like I even said, like I feel like I'm being more defensive about the highlight. But for a session beer, I thought it was for a session low calorie beer. I thought it was decent. And if I was going to go low-carb, low, like, uh, low-carbs, low-calories on beers, like, I'd rather drink this than a Corona Light or an Amstel Light or, a like, a light beer. Hey, oh, nice Corona pint glass, Chris. So, fun fact, uh, I got these beers, uh, beer pint glasses, like, eight years ago from an ex's dad because he knew that I liked drinking beer. So he was like, ah, get the kid Corona glasses. They have held up better than any other, like, etched, like, logo pint glass I've 
ever owned. We probably don't use them as much. <laughs> no, like these <laughs> these get used as every other pint glass I have. They go into the same dishwasher. Um, really, really quality glassware. Uh, I, the the um, dogfish glasses that I had bought for the podcast, and now I have all three here, are still like super solid. Like they go in my dishwasher. I usually use one of them at least once a week. And um, those things still super solid. The dogfish it looks like a brand new glass. So, yeah, it's nice. Paul, any glassware you want to talk about? What are your glassware rankings? No. <laughs> glassware ranking. I like a good tiki mug. Those I are like fun. you. <laughs> I like Give me some at geeky bookshelf. Like, mm, do I have any glassware over there I can talk about? No. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so, do uh, so over there? That's that's your window. I I can't get the angle on it. I can't that's get Fireball the Island. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you have any glassware you want to talk about, or any comics or beer, we we prefer you talk about the comics and beer. Like we said, halfway through the show, let us know. Emails us at gmail.com. Rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, follow us on all the social medias. We do all of the things. We just like doing what we do. And thanks for listening because I can see the numbers. People are listening. So thanks. Yeah. That's crazy that you are. Uh, yeah. I'm the, glad they're listening because I, I mean, there's what? a. What is it? 11, 11 years we've been doing this podcast coming uh, in July. Like it's crazy that we've done it this long, and yeah. we we do it for ourselves because it's a great way for us to stay friends, especially during COVID. Like we've definitely picked up all our all our episodes. Like got back to doing weekly, but yeah, I I appreciate seeing that people are listening, and we're not just speaking to the void. 